welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This. I'm Liz. I'm Alec. And I'm Casey. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. This week, we will be talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know how the theme song goes. <laughs> if only we could have, like, chains clanging. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I, my cup's plastic, so I can't do a metal sound, but... <laughs> Alec and Casey, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Is it the intro? What what it, what do you remember about Are You Afraid of the Dark? For me, it's definitely the intro. I that intro scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. It's very spoopy and it scares me. And the stories, I remember a lot about the stories. I remember less about the actual whatever it's called, council of whatever, because I just couldn't care about them. <laughs> the midnight yeah sure whatever i just don't care i just want to get to the story to get me to the spoopy stuff dang okay did you even watch the episode (laughs) what are we talking about okay casey what did you you loved it what did you love about it well my favorite part is the council of the midnight people society meetings Um, (laughs) my favorite part that i remember is the midnight society i did like them a lot I thought that their interactions were kind of fun. I remember the opening because it's super iconic. I remember them throwing their pixie dust into a fire and then the title card starting. And then I remember absolutely nothing else because I think that's as much as I ever watched of this show and I moved on. I have to say that the throwing of the powder into the fire was a lot less impressive when I watched it as a 31-year-old adult as compared to when I was a child, I thought it used to be so cool and like magical. And I was like, oh, that was really boring. <laughs> yes. I thought the fire, I remember the fire being huge. Yeah. And for some reason, they threw the powder in, the fire like changed colors or did something weird. And Barely. then the title card came out of it. And this time it's like, we threw a little bit of powder on it. There's like a puff <laughs> of smoke. And now we have the same title card every single episode. It's fine. It's yep. But isn't that font <laughs> iconic? I mean, that yeah, font is just, yeah. it looks like every book I checked out at the library, the title <laughs> of the book was in that font. For some reason, that font is just so iconically 90s to me. So, Are You Afraid of the Dark was a Nickelodeon show, or at least us in the US, we know it as a Nickelodeon show. It is a Canadian television show that was picked up by Nickelodeon in 91, and it had five original seasons. So, from 91 to 95, it aired on Nickelodeon. And then it was actually brought back in 99 for two seasons. So in the original series, Gary was the leader of the Midnight Society. And then when it was brought back, his little brother Tucker became the new leader of the Midnight Society. I will say right away that Gary is the superior leader of the Midnight Society. I had a crush on Gary. He was adorable. Like, who doesn't love a he guy? Do in for me, I'm sorry. I didn't bring this up in the beginning part because I was sure we would get to it. But yes, I remember having a huge crush on nerdy, nerdy Gary in the new, like, he's that cute kind of nerd that works in the 90s. I don't know if it translates to today, but I'm into it. Honestly, a lot of Gary's looks would probably be e-boy looks on TikTok now. So it's not cute anymore. I feel like people that look like Gary now are probably douchey because they're like, they're trying to look like 
What's an eat whale? Eat whale. I would actually say that Gary might be closer to like a soft boy personally. Um, But so essentially an e-boy and an e-girl is like new emo kids. But it's like emo white. It's like the, you know, the sugar free version of emo is an e-boy and an e-girl. A soft boy and a soft girl is like the opposite of emo. Like there's a lot of like pastels and Uh, just like kind of stuff going on um they like to do like fake freckles on their face a lot for the girls and use like pastel colors for the clothes they wear and their makeup gotcha and then there's also visco girls and those are the three types of people i know visco girls are yeah, essentially visco, valley girls isn't visco something to do with like a water bottle yeah like those water yes, bottles they have the hydro i'm sorry to derail this conversation i you just no. have to teach grandpa alec about these things Luckily for those e-girls and e-boys of the current day, in 2019, Nickelodeon brought back Are You Afraid of the Dark for a miniseries, and it has been renewed for another season in 2020. I don't know what the news is on that currently, given the current state of things. What's happening right now? Oh, I don't know. We're just maybe not supposed to be around people that much and stuff. I don't know. It's kind of a weird oh, that thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, that to compare... Midnight Society could still work right now. I mean, yeah, they could just sit around wearing masks around a fire. They're outside, so that's nice. That's a plus. See, you're smarter than I am. I was thinking they could all go to their backyards with like a laptop and just like FaceTime <laughs> each other with their own fires, but going outside with a mask works too. There's <laughs> a little fire gift on the video. <laughs> There's enough room on that set. Done. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, today we are talking about a very specific episode of this show, and for some reason this is the episode that has stuck with me through life, and it is Season 4, Episode 1, The Tale of the Renegade Virus. Now, I'm going to admit right away, this is not the scariest episode of the show. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's honestly really (laughs) terrible, but... For some reason, I thought this was so scary when I was little. And it scared the crap out of me. I had this weird thing where up until about the age of 11, I was really obsessed with scary stuff. And then I hit 11 and I all of a sudden became very scared of things. I This show scared me and Goosebumps scared me. And this episode was a big part of that for me. I don't know why, but I was absolutely terrified of this computer virus character. And I thought he was going to appear somewhere and get me and when so did it, when did it turn around though because you love scary movies now so i remember the first horror movie i officially watched and it was darkness falls which was a early 2000s horror movie about a tooth fairy it's horrible it's a horrible movie why why that is my entry back into the horror <laughs> genre i couldn't tell you and it's a little sad but it is what it is And it has brought me to where I am today, where my bathroom is decorated to look like it's part of the Overlook Hotel. So what can I say? For some reason, the computer virus scares the shit out of me, but Johnny's is like no big deal. I've actually been wondering this for a while. Why do you like horror so much? Why is that the like big drawing force for you in a lot of different movies and like different forms of media? To me, it's a genre that is the most different. It's able to bring up serious issues easily and talk about them. And I feel 
that horror is one of the most important genres when it comes to cinema because I think that it starts a lot of things. I think if it happens in a horror movie first, then it might trend into a drama or a comedy mm -hmm. or whatever. But I think that a lot of social issues get brought up in horror movies yeah. and things. Yeah. And so there's so many important moments that happen in horror cinema and people brush horror to the side like it's this kind of stupid, idiotic genre. And I totally disagree with that. And I think it brings up a lot of issues. And I would even say, as stupid as it is, Are You Afraid of the Dark did that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like morals happening in the storylines and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a great show to bring up things that kids are scared about and that kids think about. I mean, this episode in particular as stupid as it is, kind of brings up some computer predator type stuff. You know, I mean, think twice about your use of technology. So I think that this show and horror in general really does a great job of bringing up serious issues. I mean, this show doesn't bring up that many serious issues, but <laughs> occasionally it did. <laughs> it's a very serious social commentary. Yes. <laughs> I don't hate horror, but it's not my favorite thing. I love a good campy horror. <laughs> I like campy horror. I like something that's funny on that end. I do like yeah. good visual effects, but I've never been the person that's been able to immerse myself in a horror story where I'm scared. I always have this level of separation to where I'm not really affected by what's going on. And I've kind of always been like that. So it's just interesting to hear someone who loves the genre so much actually talk about it because it's something so vastly different than where I'm coming from. See, yeah. I'm that way with books. I can read horror books and I love Stephen King books and they spook me out, but there's something about being able to control the mental image of the horror part of it instead of watching a movie and you don't have any say in what you're going to see. They've made it all. I just don't like that. And I don't like seeing a lot of gore. I mean, I also love gore. So what can I say? It's the it's the good meanings that I want to see someone's head chopped off. There's just uh, it's, <laughs> you get a little bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> Extremely underrated horror movie, Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is such a good movie, y'all. So good. It's Chopping a bop. Mall is great. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the episode. So this episode opens with Gary being late to the Midnight Society because Tucker explains to the rest of the group that he has a computer virus that is basically deleting his book report every time he tries to print it. What year did this episode come out? I want to know. Honestly, I'm not positive. It, it was probably 94, 93, 94. Okay. I'm just was... like wondering, do you think that his printer was like one of those dot matrix ones with the, like the strips of holes down each side that you have to rip off? <laughs> it was like green, green, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yes. I um, so. This episode did come out in 94. I know that yeah. because although it's jumping ahead, when the computer graphics jump up in the actual episode with the skull and crossbones and it turns to the happy face, I was like, oh my God, they stole this like right out of Hackers. And then I looked up and actually the movie Hackers came out a year after this. So I was like, uh, well, never mind. They were so hackers, hackers Are you stole this dark? stuff. Right? So horror does influence other genres. You're right, Liz. Your point has just been proven. <laughs> As we continue, we finally get into the episode. Gary starts to tell a story about a computer virus. The episode is about our main character, I guess, is Simon. You kind of see his typical morning, which is just him, for some reason, taking the longest time ever to get... I mean, 
to be fair, we all take a while to wake up initially in the morning, but he is very vocal about it. it. So starting off this episode with Simon in bed was one of the most annoying ways they could have started this episode because this actor makes the most awful noises from his mouth when he's trying to wake up. And I instantly wanted him to die. I can already tell he's an asshole. <laughs> instantly dislike Simon. So then we continue to see that Simon is a huge jerk because he's he, such a dick. <laughs> he leaves his front door and right outside is his friend Evan. Simon tricks his friend Evan into going to catch a football and then steals his friend's bike and <laughs> rides it to school, which I don't understand how either of these people are friends. I, I wouldn't call... It's not a healthy relationship. Weren't you saying before, though, that like you're not sure if they're friends or brothers? Because I'm still blown away. They have like the same last name or something, right? Yeah, on IMDb, for some reason, these characters have the same <laughs> last name, which I don't know if that's an accident or just lazy. I don't know what happened, but... I don't know. I don't think they were paying the script writers very much, and they just slapped the same <laughs> name. The whole episode makes a lot more sense if they're brothers. Yeah, honestly, it would. But they clearly are not, because Evan doesn't eat breakfast with them, and he's waiting outside of the house for Simon. I mean, I don't understand how they could be brothers, lives in the backyard in the doghouse and they just let him <laughs> yes could be you know it's the other side of the horror story we're not seeing is that evan is the hated child so. yeah there you go <laughs> the secret horror uh so <laughs> then they get to school evan finally gets to school after he's had to walk to school and he's late basically simon says simon says <laughs> simon says Stop. Uh, this is payback for the egg you put in my sneaker, or... Maybe this is just me. Evan putting an egg in Simon's shoe, I think is worse than anything Simon's done so far. <laughs> he stole his bike, so he had to, like, walk to school. He did not have to run. It's fine. And then he was, like, late to class because he switched the locker. Yeah, like, we haven't talked about that. He switches the lock, um, Evan's locker, so he can't get into his locker, which is a dick move. I don't know. I'm not on Simon's side. I'm on Evan's side in this whole episode. I'm just saying they're both awful. Imagining putting my foot into a shoe that has an egg. So not only do you have like egg yolk everywhere, but then you have these little eggshell pieces all over. And then oh, you just you know that it's someone's kink. That it's someone's kink and they're doing it every day on OnlyFans. Okay. Uh, let's not bring in kinks to the story. <laughs> <laughs> let's skip over that whole idea. Moving on. Well, and then to add insult to injury... Sonia walks up, Evan asks her to go to the game, and she says, oh, I'll be there, but I'll be there with Simon. And so it's like, Simon, you suck. You're the worst friend ever. Simon does suck, but Sonia was like flirting with Evan. It was like yeah. a slow burn to be like, oh, actually, I'm going with Simon. I was like, well, then don't make like eyes at Evan to make him think anything's going on. Come on, Sonia. She just wants to have a backup. Come on. She's playing the field. I mean, to be fair, she's probably the most likable character in this whole episode. So, you know, it's okay. Oh, she is interested in Simon and Evan. So I don't know how much we like That's her. True. <laughs> That's true. So then Evan makes it to class, but he's very late. And the teacher is, I think, the most typical mean looking teacher or just nerdy to the books, strict teacher that they could have put in an episode. He 
berates Evan for being late and makes a huge freaking deal out of it, which I think is the worst. As a teacher myself, I would never do that to a child. <laughs> it, just say, okay, you're late. Go sit down. Join us. You don't need to make a huge thing out of it, you know. Do you want to say anything about his outfit? I do. Uh, don't I get Casey started on clothing. I would love to say a few things about this awful outfit. <laughs> I just, it's just ugly. It's so bad. And I understand he's supposed to be like this nerdy, mean teacher. So of course it's bad. But the pants, the pants haunt me in my sleep. They're so disgusting. And they're like sitting too high on him. And they're pulling in weird places that I don't like. And his shirt's tucked into him with this weird, ugly tie on it. And he looks awful, and I don't like it, and I'm mad for whoever behind that. As far as Casey's concerned, the real horror story in this episode is the teacher's clothing choices. Yeah, specifically <laughs> his pants. Like, throw the virus out. We don't need that story. If the teacher is just what I have to look at for 45 minutes in this classroom, my whole life would shatter. This is horrible. I hate it. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, Casey. But That's all I'm I glad you're with here. us. I'm glad you're still with us. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a survivor. <laughs> so luckily, the next thing that happens is that we leave class. We don't have to see this teacher for a while. We then see a very excited Evan in the hallway talking about how Poe is ready. And Poe has the game ready. And him and Simon get to go test the game. This is not the Teletubby. No. Tinky Winky will not be there. It's just Mr. Poe. They go off to Mr. Poe's room and we get to meet Mr. Poe. Uh, Alec, what do you think of Mr. Poe? You know, I heard you all gush about Gary in the beginning, and I think this is a true testament to how much my tastes have changed in the 20-odd years since this episode aired, but I'm kind of into Mr. Poe, y'all. He's kind of hot. In what way do you think this man is hot? <laughs> okay, he's smart. He has a badass science lab. He has, like, kind of that scruff going on. He has dark curly hair. Like, I'm there for it. I bet he's ripped under that Hawaiian shirt. I could smell him through the TV. I do not. <laughs> and I'm into it, girl. Come on. <laughs> You're like, I like the musk. <laughs> it smells like Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, I can yeah. get behind that scent. <laughs> only Baja Blast. Baja Blast only. Oh, my God. Baja Blast by Ralph Lauren. It <gasps> would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so after we get to meet Mr. Poe, who has the most insane for some reason laboratory in a children's high school that i don't understand how it's funded or i guess he's middle school it's probably more middle school i guess yeah. but he gets a call from the president of the united states which it must be nice to have the government listen to scientists in that day and age but <laughs> no. yeah he's respected by the head of the u.s government which is great but like he needs to be a place where he can get grants he can have real assistants that are over the age of 11 maybe yeah just <laughs> A place where he can actually do scientific study as opposed to being in middle school. Like, if he's so important, so big, why is he working at this obviously underfunded middle school? We saw what that it's teacher was wearing. Children. The other part of the episode that annoys me so much is that Mr. Poe is like, yes, I finally finished my VR game. And Simon's like, what's VR mean? Like, wh what? You've been looking forward to this game for over a month? And you don't know anything about it. You don't know that it's a VR game. You don't even know what VR is. You don't know what this guy is doing. He just thought it was an updated Pong. I'd give him more credit if it was VR Pong. 
I mean, to be fair, that's about the extent of what I think VR in the 90s could have been, so... <laughs> You're right. So, as Mr. Poe boots up the game, oh no, there's a virus. And in order to show that there's a virus, there's a blinking green skull on his computer. And then somehow he just presses a bunch of keys on the keyboard and... Voila, it turns into a smiley face because he fixes the virus. I think so... that's the extent of Norton antivirus these days, too. Yeah, Norton antivirus is just some guy in a Hawaiian t-shirt on a computer somewhere typing a bunch of stuff. On just using Photoshop to turn a skull into a happy face. <laughs> Did you try alt Control delete Did you try that? Did you unplug it and plug it back in? After this, he's fixed it, and Simon gets to test out the game. So he puts the headset on. He's going to go into this amazing VR game. But then all of a sudden, he just wakes up in his bed again. Curious? How weird. What was the game like? We don't know. But then everything starts to go wrong. He breaks his window first thing in the morning when he throws his foam ball at his goal. Somehow that breaks his window. All of a sudden, nobody's in the house. Where Where is everybody? But he can hear them, right? He can hear his mom calling up for breakfast, and he hears them at the table, and they kind of flicker into view, but then they flicker back out. It's all very bizarre. Which I remember this in particular really freaking me out for some reason. When he couldn't really reach his family. When I remember this episode originally, I remembered that being the whole rest of the thing, where he couldn't see any people but people were frozen and flickering. And so I feel like I remember this episode scarier than it actually is because that doesn't happen. So he finally walks into, I'm assuming, his parents' office. There is a chair, a tall leather back office chair that was almost identical to a chair that my granddad had at his house when I was a kid. Then all of a sudden it spins around and in the chair is our computer virus. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the <laughs> computer virus is a little person that has been painted silver who has a brain outside of his head and has a weird black pleather jumpsuit thing on it's a whole look it's yeah why the hell why the hell did we feel that it was necessary to cast little people as villains or comic relief i just it's such a cringeworthy trope i will say that that the look of the computer virus is actually kind of cool. I mean, I think that Are You Afraid of the Dark did a really pretty good job of making their monsters look good. I think the makeup and effects that went into this show were actually pretty good for a Nickelodeon kids show. They're not perfect. I mean, we're going to talk about the port in the hand, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but the actual character design for a lot of their scary characters, I think what they were actually pretty scary. Like, Another one that comes to mind is there's an episode where a comic book character comes to life and it's this jester comedian type character and he is freaking creepy. Oh my god. Yeah, I was watching some clips from that episode. Not only is he creepy, but how they die is like they laugh themselves to death and yeah. everyone is like, they're in these weird contorted positions with like their mouths open wide and big smiles, but like blue foam dripping out of their faces. It was. Yes. Why didn't you remember that episode, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we didn't watch that one. I would be traumatized. It looked terrifying. Well, and another clip I saw was this monster that's in the water that literally like pulled this kid under and drowned him. And that's how the episode starts. But the monster that pulls him under 
is like this creepy skeleton with like these red, almost like muscle skin like things that also kind of look like fabric, like ripped and shredded all over its body. So when it reaches out of the water, it's like these soaking pieces of like bloody fabric on the skeleton. And like, it doesn't have eyes. It just has eye sockets, but it's like the fabric indented into the sockets. It was good. It looked so good. You can, yeah, you can tell they actually spent a lot of money on not only their character designs, but like the execution and the special effects that went into them. It was impressive. I feel like they spent a lot of time on the, like the centerpiece of the episode. Like in this instance, the virus, the quote unquote virus and his look. Whereas when we get to our, hopefully our next talking point, it's a little questionable. He basically says, hey, uh, I'm going to take over your body and go into your brain. Right. And I'm a virus and I'm going to now move from the computer to your brain. Then we get the reveal. Yeah, the camera shows Simon's hand. He flips it over and then there's this really gnarly old data port you know like the ones you used to plug the old probably the dot matrix printers into it has like the tin pins and everything and it's just kind of putty to his hand it's very gross looking like it's a very a very bad job but the very bad job makes it look really gruesome and grotesque oh maybe it's because i've done too many like makeup special effects things but looking at it i was like you just got a packet of nose putty put it all over his hand you jammed that port on top of it and you're like just stipple some makeup around it and try to look as natural look as possible. Just get a close-up of it. That's the only thing we ask. And the <laughs> director was like, close-up right away. We need a close-up of this hand port. It's so scary. It's traumatizing, though, really. I mean, the idea that your hand is, like, hooked up to a printer. Yeah, that sounds yeah. terrifying. <laughs> it never works! <laughs> then, after we get the reveal that this is the computer virus's evil plan, uh, he does concede to give simon a chance and he gives him 10 minutes to basically somehow get out of this that's the hilarious thing in this episode especially is this feeling of time does not exist because there's no way this shit happened in 10 minutes <laughs> like, yeah, never at all like the rest of the events from here on out there's no way that only took 10 minutes but that's okay we'll suspend our disbelief i guess so then he heads to the school And he's like running in and trying to find just people and the halls are empty. And then he goes into the classroom uh, where the teacher is just as big of a dick as he is in real life. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the scene so much. Yeah, it's not that different. Honestly, Casey, I'm surprised you hate his pants more at the beginning. Because in this part, the teacher has light blue pants on that look like they would be part of a weird suit from the 60s or something they are so weird they're like a robin eggs blue pants i don't know i don't understand what they were doing with this character because they're the weirdest like they are not even boring really they're a weird choice it's just he's nothing to me at this point i saw him come back in (laughs) and i did an eye roll so big that i kind of blacked out for most of the sequence School is obviously a mess. Things are going weird. People are walking backwards in the hallway. All of a sudden, he's trapped behind bars, and he can't figure out the code to the lock, which is kind of a throwback to the fact that he screwed his friend over and changed the locks. Did we already skip the part where we had to see this preteen boy in his underwear? Oh. I was hoping we were just going to skip it, but then you kind of brought it back. I mean, it's, 
sorry i'm sorry i had to remind you of that it's just weird it's in the classroom scene they he has to get in front of the classroom and say something and all of a sudden he's in his underwear yeah he's standing in the doorway and the teacher is grilling him about two plus two for some reason all of a sudden he's in his underwear which is the typical for some reason this is the nightmare thing that happens to everybody whenever there's like a weird nightmare sequence every tv show at this time had to have a high school student or a middle school student in their underwear at some point to be like, isn't this funny? And it's like, as an adult, no, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I am super yeah, uncomfortable I mean, right now. Because specifically, I remember the nightmare episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Xander also ends up in his underwear. It's the same freaking pair of underwear, too. It's this light blue boxer shorts. So oversized. It's kind of like the pair of swimming trunks that Macaulay Culkin wears in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, when he goes swimming in the pool at the Plaza Hotel. That is very hilarious. Hey, that's not that's my knowledge. Remember that. I won't lie. I don't think I've seen Home Alone since uh, the first time I saw it. I I could not tell you. An episode of Generation Why Am I Like This? Oh no. Yeah. I do, however, remember that episode of Buffy. But I remember seeing that at a different point in my life when I was like, "Ooh, Xander's in his underwear. I like this." <laughs> I mean, if they're over eighteen and consenting, like, sure, show me a boy. Well, the first season, right, is also when Xander's in a Speedo and everyone, yeah. like every girl in the show is like, Xander's in a Speedo. And my little gay ass is like, Xander's in a Speedo. Have you guys <laughs> seen that episode of X-Files where David Duchovny's in that Speedo? Oh boy, it's a good, I'll, I'll send you a screen cap later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that we've thoroughly forgotten what we are specifically talking about. Well, don't worry. Simon is in the hallway again, and an the asshole. computer virus shows up. And I love this because the computer virus pulls out a calculator and he starts typing on it. And he says, the speed of light divided by the speed of sound. Five <laughs> minutes left. And I'm just, what? That's how math works. That's physics right there. Oh, my gosh. But then Simon proceeds to run home which somehow he's able to do in five minutes. And he gets home, still with time to spare, gets on the computer, and they invent video chatting. And all of a sudden, Evan is on video chat with Simon, which I think is funny. I love watching older shows. They have these ideas of what technology will be. And then now we have them today. And so you watch these things and it's like, oh, wow. The three of us have probably read Fahrenheit 451, haven't we? Yes. In that book, there's a lot of people talking to other people on giant TVs in their wall. And, you know, it's supposed to be super weird and sci-fi that someone has a TV that's over like five inches big. (laughs) And it's like, okay, first of all, it's going to take up your whole wall. True. Here we are in 2020. And then you're going to talk to people through your computer, which has been our entire lives, like for the last five months. So. Now, when are we going to get smart house technology? Because oh that's my God. what I want. I mean, because when are we going to get spy gifts technology? <laughs> exactly. I, love- I want to be able to instantly have food made for me by technology. That's, that's I just the want next Casey thing. to be my house mom. Like, she's great. Did you not watch <laughs> that movie? She turns into a tornado and tries to kill everyone. I am fine with it. <laughs> if that's how I have to go, that's fine. <laughs> These are the choices I made. I have to live with them. So the best part is that while on the computer chat with Evan, uh, Evan just decides to be a huge asshole the whole time because he, I mean, this is clearly a serious situation and Simon is begging for his help. He like gets on the Skype though and he's like, oh, hey, Simon. And it's like, can you talk a little faster? You know, we only got a little bit of time, right? Yeah. And then even after, 
you can tell there's a moment where Evan realizes this is actually serious. He shows him the really convincing port on his hand. And Evan is like, oh shit, but continues to not help him. I think this is about the time that the virus comes in the house and then slides up the banister on the staircase, which is really <laughs> also traumatizing for me. Well, it's because you could tell they definitely shot it where he was at the top of the banister and slid down, yeah. like, on his belly, and then just played it in reverse. It's so yeah. ridiculous. I love it. It was my favorite part of the episode. Yes. Evan disappears off the computer because the virus is able to kick the door down and get through, and he's about to take over. Simon's trying to hack the code. He figures it out that it's Evan's locker combination. And so he types it in and all he has to do is press one key to delete the virus. But of course, our good friend Simon has to be cocky, wants to say some last words to the computer virus. And so this gives the computer virus time to wrap him up in cords and try to, you know, capture him long enough to stick his port into oh, his port. No, I don't know. Sorry. What? Don't say that. Don't say that. I mean, don't whoa, say that. It's so gross. When he, he oh my god, I blocked yeah. this out too. Oh. <laughs> he took his mitten oh. off, and now it's this weirdly like puppet cord VGA cable thing, and it looks like a snake almost. I mean, honestly, it is a little creepy. Yeah. So it's not luckily... scary. It's uncomfortable. It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> And luckily for Simon, he somehow, the computer virus does a horrible job of tying him up. And so he's able to easily get out of it. And bam, he presses the key and... Quote unquote presses the enter key, but his hand is nowhere near the enter key. They should have just not shown the keyboard in that shot because he hits not the enter key. I'm sorry. He's somewhere (laughs) around the other side of the keyboard. Then basically the episode just ends with him and Evan being cool now. I mean, we do have Mr. Poe's very philosophical line that he says at the end where they explain the whole thing, the whole situation to him. And he says, the virus is still alive. And if you're not careful, it could jump into your computer, which, you know, maybe people need to be reminded of that nowadays, you know, <laughs> the virus is still alive, bitches, wear your fucking mask. This is our PSA. Luckily, we get to end the episode officially with Gary. Gary likes to spook us out. Actually, there is a quick little stinger where we see the computer virus's hand pop out of the trash can, which is part of why I really like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I think their episodes always ended with these nice little stingers. It wasn't always like positive endings, you know? Are You Afraid of the Dark had a lot of stuff that was actually pretty dark. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about what you guys thought of Goosebumps versus Are You Afraid of the Dark? So... I obviously am an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan. I am a big fan of Goosebumps books, and R.L. Stein is the sweetest person in the universe, and I love him to death. For some reason, when I was a kid, Are You Afraid of the Dark was definitely the show I watched more. Alec, what did you like better? I'm in the same boat as you, Liz. I read more Goosebumps than I watched the show, and I obviously watched Are You Afraid of the Dark because there wasn't a book component as far as I know. Um, So I I probably have a better memory or recollection of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like I said earlier, I do enjoy reading horror books, but I think Are You Afraid of the Dark really stands out in my head more. For me, I know that neither one of those shows was specifically my cup of tea. I do remember more Goosebumps episodes. I can't say it's because they're better. I'll just say that I just saw more of it. I didn't have cable at that age, like when 
the original airing of Are You Afraid of the Dark happened. I was definitely a Snick fan, so I watched a lot of the Snick shows, and this was one of them. And also, I do want to give a shout out to the Bailey School Kids. That was such a huge part of my childhood. I mean, I, I read so many of those Bailey School Kid books. Like, it was like, my gym teacher's a werewolf, or my history oh, teacher's books, a vampire. Yeah. They were more like, like they were horror than they were. Oh, yeah, they were very silly. But I mean, it still is introducing those concepts. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just remember, I loved it. I mean, I, I loved those books. And then the Wayside. Something stories from Wayside. Sideways story inside yes. school. So again, it's just I feel like we had so many books that were of that genre, and obviously I think Goosebumps was probably the most popular. But there was other stuff out there, and so as I got my library card, I was a huge fan. Do either of you know? Because I know I have no idea. Do they still have Scholastic book fairs? I don't know. I, I think okay. so. I mean, not not this year. <laughs> True. I think that that is it for Are You Afraid of the Dark? I mean, I feel like we covered everything we could. Uh, I loved this show. Gary will always be my dream boy crush from the 90s. I don't know. Maybe Sean Hunter is up there, too, from Boy Meets World. Oh, my God. You know? Who were those three brothers? The Lawrence, the Lawrence brothers. brothers. Yeah. Poppy here, boys. Yes, we will always, always stand the Lawrence brothers. <laughs> Now, as with every episode, we are going to end with a little segment we like to call Many Good Things. Today, my Many Good Thing is the Shutter exclusive movie Host. This movie came out actually during quarantine and was filmed and edited and all created during quarantine. It is a movie about a group of women that decide to do a virtual seance. Things go poorly. It's all on a Zoom call, and they actually, so they recorded everything on web cameras and then recreated the Zoom interface to then individually have each webcam be part of a Zoom call. And so they got permission from Zoom to do that. And so I think it's cool because it actually looks like real Zoom. It's not just like knockoff Zoom, you know, when you're in movies and it's like a fake Skype program or whatever. This is actually Zoom. And it really, I think, sells the experience. I was talking to a friend, and this is our generation's Blair Witch Project. I mean, it's so much fun. It feels very real, and I loved it. So I highly recommend it. It's only on Shudder. It's great, so definitely seek it out. Cool. Alec, what is your mini good thing? Uh, So this is probably the first time I'm bringing it up on this podcast, but I think everyone else who knows me by this point is aware how obsessed with the new Animal Crossing game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I am so into it. I've played it nonstop uh, since it came out every day. I have not put it down. And my mini good thing for the week is the latest update, which just came out recently. There are some aspects of it that are fun but not my favorite but the best part of it is every sunday night there is a fireworks show and you can hang out with your friends and just watch fireworks you can get some little sparklers from red who gives you other dubious things and balloons maybe and you can just kind of have a good time and there's no pressure to really do anything other than it i mean you can make your fireworks spell out bad words i guess if you want or (laughs) say butts you know whatever that's fun but the fireworks are just really cute and it's fun to watch and hang out with friends uh casey and liz and i played recently we just hopped islands and 
ran around with sparklers like idiots and looked at fireworks. And it was great. So much fun. Yes. Yeah. How about you, Casey? Well, around the time that we're recording this podcast, the first issue of the new X Factor has debuted. In just a little bit of backstory, about a year or so, they did a huge relaunch of X-Men. And the big new thing is that they're able to resurrect any mutant that they want at this point, which sounds hokey, but I think they're actually doing really interesting things with it. And the new X Factor, their whole job is to make sure that mutants are actually dead before they're re- uh, resurrected so that there's not like two of the same person walking around because we don't want that issue, that problem. And it's just a really fun premise, and it really reboots the idea of what this team was before. I also love it because I think there's six characters, and four of the six characters are queer. It's just a really fun time. It's a really fun voice for each character that they've used. There's a lot of characters I love. I love Rachel Gray. She's one of my favorite X-Men characters, and I'm glad to see her finally back and like being showcased in a fun way. And this character named Prodigy, who I loved from a couple of X-Men titles, but also Young Avengers in there. And I'm just very excited to see where the storyline goes. So before we finish this episode, I did want to let you know that there is a visual companion to go along with this. You can find it on our Twitter or our Instagram. Our Twitter is at WhyMILikeThis, and our Instagram is at WhyMILikeThisPodcast. If you're wondering about the spelling, it is on the name of this episode and also on our cover art. If you also have any questions or just want to reach out to us, we do have a Gmail account, which is this at gmail.com. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark and the beginning of my love of the horror genre. And of course, we hope that you join us again next time where Alec is going to talk about The Sims. I'm so excited, everyone. <laughs> Get ready. This one's going to be like four hours long because I'm just going to dive oh, in. I'm so excited. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.